0: Welcome to Astrology Bites. This is your host, Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of Astrology for Real Life, a no BS guide for the astro curious. And I'm also your host for this podcast series. If you're curious about astrology, you are definitely in the right place. This is episode 115 of Astrology Bites, the podcast where I just shout short, entertaining bite-sized lessons on astrology. And my goal, as always, is to make astrology feel simple, clear, fun, and totally applicable to your everyday life. All right, let's get into today's episode. And today we are talking about values and astrology. And I have a special guest today, Lauren Mercury. Welcome, Lauren. Uh, Thank you so much. It's an honor and a privilege to be in your podcast today. Well, I'm very happy to have you here. And I think this is going to be a topic that people are going to find really interesting. Um, You know, when I think of values, I mean, you and I know what values are. But for somebody who's really new to astrology, how would you explain what values are in layman's terms?
1: So basically, values is something, like you said, it gets thrown around a lot, and it's something that um, society would consider as important. But when we go about defining what these, those are, we're like, what are my values? I don't know. And the funny part is, is that for most people, they're operating their values, whether they are consciously aware of it or not. But of course, it always helps to have it plain and simple, written down, and all those good things because, you know, it operates in about every area of our life and how we approach it. So, if we understand our
0: values, we are going to be more likely then to operate as the very best version of us. Absolutely. So, let's talk about how that gets applied to astrology. Um, how would you apply your values to astrology?
1: Well, basically, um, if I understand the question of applying values to astrology, I mean, it would definitely be a part of a, of a value system, a belief in, in a higher power and a higher purpose and astrology being a guide for your life. So um, it would definitely be, you know, it's up to you, um, whether it's in your values about whether you want to believe in um, what's above and so below, which astrology is all about. Um, but it's definitely up to the individual, very subjective in that, in that ideal. What do you think about people who just don't believe in it, who think,
0: oh, my God, this is such malarkey. I'm not going to guide my life by the stars. Oh, my
1: God. No. What do you say to that? (laughs) You know what? I, I'm not one of those people who like to prove anything that I believe in. You know, um, I'm an Aries, as, as you learned before we recorded. It's all about me and myself, <laughs> myself and I. If it works for me, great if it works for you. It doesn't. But the, the great part about it is astrology is working in everyone's life, whether they are aware of it or not. Whether they believe it or they're not, it's working in their life.
0: <laughs> well, absolutely. Because, you know, I like to think, you know, the moon, the moon controls the tides of the ocean and we're made out of right. water too. We're almost all water. So wouldn't the moon have an
1: effect on us? Of course. Abs- absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think most people who are inclined to that kind of knowledge about the moon think that yes, um, moon controls the tides, it controls whatever contains water, which is our bodies, but they don't believe that, you know, it has a, not only really an effect, but a description about our uh, emotions or values, our life or career—they're like, nah, not that. Just, just the tides, just the water, and 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 they're satisfied with that idea. But yeah, it's kind of hard to get them to the other side of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, like you, I don't like to try to convince people if people aren't into it. It's like, you know what? If I'm not into something, I would say I'm not into football, no one's ever going to convince me to go watch football because it's not part of my system of things that are important to me.
1: So, exactly.
0: Yeah. All right. So let's talk about then um, synastry. Synastry is about, you know, relationships. So how do you apply values to – and and what I mean is synastry is relationship astrology. It, it can right. help for compatibility, how we get along with other people. How do you apply values To synastry or relationships
1: okay well definitely so um when we apply our values to synastry again it's how we approach relationships whether it be professional ones familial ones romantic ones business relationships um, we're asking ourselves, what do we want to get out of that relationship? And um, funny enough, um, we talk about the seventh house in sinistry, talk about you know, Venus and Sinistry, but second house can sometimes gets neglected. And uh, also, you know, wherever Taurus is in your house cusp, and of course the rulers of, of thereof, um it gets down to the foundation of that relationship. Um and if, if that those values are congruent with yours, if some of those values are congruent with yours, it's most likely that that relationship is going to be fruitful um, in in every sense of the word. Fruitful income wise, fruitful in a commitment. Um, you know those values can be very fruitful in a relationship. So let's talk about the second
0: house uh,
1: because the second house, you know, is about
0: money. It's traditionally ruled by Taurus, and mm-hmm. Taurus is. You know, all about what we value, what's important to us. And that's the second house. Can you explain how the second house, like maybe your values there, how that can apply, like if you've got a planet there to your relationships, but also to maybe your career?
1: Okay, great. So yeah, second house is, you know, for most of us who are beginner to immediate astrologers know second house is about income. Income is all we talk about. It seems like in astrology. And you know what? It took a long time for me to really have a different definition or uh, really look into the other uh, part second house um, other than just the income, which is, of course, important. Um, But me being a moon in Taurus and Venus in Taurus, (laughs) ooh, you know, (laughs) And I'm just like, I think I need to learn more about what this is about. <laughs> and to make a very long story short, you know, uh, when Saturn was traversing the second, second house and really just making things really real in that house, um, my income really wasn't the one that's affected. And that when that happened, it was my self-worth. Oh. Yeah. Um, self-worth, self uh, the values, or self-concepts. Um, all of that is in, in play when we're talking about the second house. So, um, yeah, i don't remember the question that you asked. But <laughs> that's pretty much what a uh, second house is means to me as far as uh, how it applies to today's you know, lesson, absolutely. So I've got the moon and
0: Scorpio in my second house. And I've got Taurus, obviously, on my eighth house cusp. How might you explain that to people using me as the example? My 8th house is filled with planets, I've got a stellium there. What might oh, that wow. say about me? Cuz those I mean those are the
1: money houses. Absolutely. So where the moon is in second house, it's the moon's talking about nurturing, it talks about um securing something and in Scorpio, it applies to other people's assets or um it can talk about taxes or talk about astrology. Um, so for, for, for you, it would be, to, if I were to, you're my client, I would first say, hey, you know, um, with your moon, I would say, hey, first of all, you might have gotten a lot of ideas about values and what is important into your life from your home life or your mom or growing up and stuff like that. And um, it's something that you would be nurturing and securing in yourself, So you're always aware of that unconsciously of having yourself stabilized in that house, whether that be um, financially, um, whether it be your self-concept or yourself. And when the moon is there and it's in, you know, detriment, but of course it's not, you know, detriment, it's still some abuse there. Um, I would say that there's a lot of healing about what your self-concept, your values are when it came to your childhood experiences and your view of nurturing yourself, your view of your mother and stuff like that. And then one in your Taurus, you know, um, excuse me, your Taurus ruling or not ruling, but the cost of the eighth house, it talks about, um, you really having a value on, um, you know, uh, on, on astrology, of course, the, the very obvious one. And it also has a value on your partner's assets and really working together to really financially build something. I would also say that you probably honor your, the dead. You honor the ancestors. For some people I've seen, for some people I've seen with Taurus in the eighth house cusp, especially what's in there in that house, a lot of people have, they might've already secured plot lands for, um, you know, um, when you're going, we transition from this life you're thinking about planning your will, planning your, your, uh, where it goes, the inheritances, where that's going to go. Um, you know, if do you want a tombstone? Do you want, what does that look like? You know, all of that stuff. Um, that's what I would first, um, approach if I were looking at your chart. So for people who are listening in, I mean, of course we're talking
0: some astrology literate stuff. How do you find where the values are in your chart. Now we said second house, mm-hmm. and you also mentioned Taurus
1: on the cusp. Could you explain that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, depending on what your ascendant is, um, everyone who has an ascendant has an area of real life where Taurus appears. That's that's pretty much static in that um ordeal. Um, and what we first would be doing is finding, of course, second house where that is. Um, the planets in there and also the ruler of that second house. Now, um, with the ruler of that second house, um, I, I think yours might be Scorpio, correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. Okay. So I would, depending on my approach, traditional or modern, I would look at, um, Scorpio, what rule Scorpio, Mars, traditionally modern Pluto. And I look for where Mars, what house Mars is in your, um, your chart and where Pluto is in your chart. And I would begin to say, here are your values and what Scorpio on the second cusp would mean. Then I would take Mars. Well, you know, Mars is where you assert yourself. It's where you want to pioneer. It's where you want to uh, have a lot of work involved and, and, and where you're, you're always having your energy. What house is that in? You know, Pluto, what what do you want to overcome? What do you want to dominate and bring back into your power where Uh, before that house, that environment that was in, was just up and down and up and down. How do you want to master that in a sense? I love that. Look, it's very complex. It's very complex, obviously.
0: (laughs) You know, that's the thing with astrology. I think astrology, especially when you first dive into it, a concept like this can feel really overwhelming. But I also like to say that astrology is nothing but patterns. That once you understand all the basic stuff, when you understand the houses and the cusps, and the planets, and the signs, then and the angles. It's just a matter then of picking it apart and looking at how everything goes together. You're like a little detective, and yes. you're always discovering new things with astrology. I can do astrology, and I've been doing it a long time, and I'm still always, even when I dive into my own chart, finding different things. And this is a really, this is a really great concept. Um, you know, so this is something I think I'm definitely going to be playing around with a lot more because we always want to know about ourselves so we can be the very best version of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the other the other question that I want to ask you is about intercepted houses. Do you work with intercepted houses and if you have Taurus intercepted in let's say the the
1: 5th house. I mean, do you work with them? What do you think about that? You know what? I don't I work with intercepted houses as much as I should is an area where I'm still learning about. Um, all I know it, mostly about intercepted houses is that, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely something that doesn't work as well, quote-unquote, as if it were not intercepted, but it doesn't mean that it's not showing up in your life. Obviously, um, so it, it's definitely something that um, I have to say I'm not that much expert in because <laughs> I don't have them myself. And um, trying to be more se- Aries, right? Be more selfless and r- learn more about beyond my own chart and. Uh, those of my clients who have those intercepted houses, it's something that I'm still exploring. But yeah, it, it gets kind of complicated when it's intercepted. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you know, a lot of, I know a lot of astrologers no longer work with intercepted houses. A lot of astrologers yeah. I know, they've gone to whole house systems and they're like, forget it. We're not dealing with those intercepted houses. And I I still use the Placidus, So I like to play around with them. I also look at intercepted houses as kind of like a hidden side of yourself that no one sees, but it's there. Yeah, it's there. And then sometimes when it comes out, people like what the, you know, so I I like to look at it like a hidden thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Anyhow, this is really fascinating. And I'm going to, of course, be poking around in my chart, because I've got stuff, uh, my Mars and uh, my Mars and Pluto are in my 11th house. So I'm going to have fun playing with this today. So I want to thank you. Yeah, I want to thank you for sharing your wisdom today, Lauren. This is awesome and where can people find you if they want to work with you if they want to learn about the values in their chart if they want you to poke around and show them this
1: where can they find sure, you sure thing so the best way to find all my social media and everything that i'm about um it will be www.third and i'll spell that it is uh, the numerical three r d doll at Oh, I just messed it up. <laughs> it's my first podcast. So it's actually a uh, three R D E rdeyedollcom
0: <laughs> Well, don't worry. I am going to have a link in the blog post with this and in the podcast thing. So people will be able to find you. Uh, and I think that people are going to love learning more about this. So once again, thank you so much, Lauren, for making time to talk with me.
1: Thank you, and you have a wonderful day. You too. All right, right, people, that's all for today's
0: episode. And by the way, if you're enjoying the show, I would love it if you would head over to iTunes and leave a kind review, because that's the best way to help listeners discover Astrology Bites. Thank you so much. And for more fun stuff, head over to my website, thetarolady.com. You'll find tons of resources about tarot and astrology, including my free monthly forecasts and horoscopes and so much more. Again. That's the tarotlady.com. I will see you there. And remember, no matter what's going on in the cosmos today, ultimately, you are in charge of your life. You're in the driver's seat. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change the course. You're the boss and you've got that power. Be kind to yourself and others and make smart decisions. I'll see you in the next episode.